You're listening to The Exchange, and here's your host, Dr. Lorraine. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Exchange with Dr. Lorraine podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about healthy boundaries, and I have the lovely sister Ashley Grizzle that is going to be here talking to us about this subject. So thank you so much, Ashley, for being with me and being my guest today. It's an honor. Oh, thank you. I am so excited to be here. And I have listened to different episodes of this podcast. And it is such an honor to be asked and to be able to have this discussion with you today. Hey, well, thank you. I'm, yeah, there are so many things to talk about about this subject. And so it just makes me so excited that our listeners are going to be hearing this. But I wanted you just go ahead and jump right in and just introduce yourself and talk about the things that you do, where you're from, family, education, ministry, and all the lovely things that you, that makes up you and anything unique also that you want to add and tell our listeners. Sure. So my name is Ashley Grizzle, and I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. My uh, husband and I are pastor and pastor's wife of the Apostolic Tabernacle Church, and we've been the pastors there since 2020. And um, what a year, what a year to get voted Mm -hmm. in, right? And um, we uh, took over for my parents. My parents pastored there for over 30 years. So I grew up um, pastor's kid, and now I'm a pastor's wife, and we have three kids, ages five, four, and a year old, and so I'm a little nuts, and (laughs) so Dr. Lorraine might be counseling me on this podcast. And um, we have a golden doodle named Mr. Baxter, and we... um, we are figuring out how to roll through life with things just being busy and crazy sometimes and dealing with the unexpected. And it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. And I spend a lot of time working with clients. I do mental health coaching, uh, working with clients and talking about some of the same things that we're going to be talking about today, boundaries. I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Liberty University and um, did thousands of hours of um, clinical internships, all the things, you know, you know what that's about. I'm in the middle of that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, and I am pursuing my PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. So uh, the micro level was marriage and family. And so then we're then I'm going for the macro level looking at organizations, development, all of that. So I'm excited, maybe feel a little crazy as to why am I actually doing this, but you know, it's going. So yeah, so we, uh, I enjoy that. I'm really passionate about mental health and the church and just getting the word out there, opening up the door for conversations. I think it's so important. And so I've, I've been really devoted to that. Me and my husband, we, um, work with each other, just trying to get those conversations going about mental health, why it's important. How can we 
strengthen our church leaders, our church congregations, and really address things that need to be addressed. Well, you are definitely my kind of people. That is for sure, because all of those things are things that I'm absolutely passionate about. And anybody that has also listened to the Exchange podcast, so this makes me very happy. And you and your husband do social media, so you do have some amazing things that you put out there. And you know, I I look at it every day and just think about some of the tips and the practical things that you guys talk about. And we'll kind of we'll make sure that we add all of this stuff at the end for all of our listeners and all of our viewers on the YouTube channel but what is the let's go ahead and throw that out there what is the um instagram um the instagram page that you guys have that you guys have created sure yeah just so it's easy to remember if you um go to mine it's at ash grizz 812 and then every single post is tagged along with the grizzles so if you just remember at ash can't say it at ash grizz 812 then it's all linked together so it's easy just to remember one and then everything's linked together on one page Mm -hmm. awesome and so these are some of the things that of course that you guys talk about like you mentioned this is the mental health aspect relationships um doing the marriage and family therapy um which of course i love and i'm going to liberty too like i said right in the middle of it all those clinical hours all of that stuff and and now you know going on to that doctorate so i can understand thinking am i really a glutton for punishment but you know um, <laughs> yes <laughs> that's my thing but how how awesome that you are pursuing that so i am so excited for you and this next journey for you um so i wanted to go right in and i wanted to ask about what is your definition of healthy boundaries? And we'll kind of talk about later about the biblical perspective and Christians, but just overall, what is that definition for you? Sure. Yeah. So when I think about boundaries, I think about where do I end and where another person begins I heard, I think it was um, the expert on boundaries, um, Dr. Henry Cloud. He's written so many things about boundaries, and he talks about staying in your yard. And, you know, there's a fence around your yard, and that's where we stay. And I thought, man, that, that really stuck with me because I realized that a lot of the things that I talk with about with other people they often go back to a boundary issue. And so when I think about, you know, what is the definition? It's really about, okay, what are my areas of responsibility? What am I responsible for? And then where does that, where does that line um, end or where is that line drawn? And it is someone else's responsibility and making sure that I'm staying within that line of what is my responsibility. So that's what I really think of when I think about boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great analogy of the fence of like what's in your yard and what's in mine. And am I staying in my yard and are you staying in your yard? So yes. Good, good way to think about it. So I wanted to go in and say, like, why are boundaries so important? Because we know that they, you know, the definition that you mentioned, um, that is what a healthy boundary look like. But why in particular are those important? Yeah, so they're so important because I see so many people, including myself at times, that I take on responsibilities that are not mine to take on. And so many of us end up 
depressed or anxious or, you know, dealing with issues because we are dealing with maybe like, for example, in relationships, taking on responsibility for someone else's emotions. And we experience high amounts of anxiety because we are struggling to navigate their emotions for them. Whereas if we realize, you know, in the first place, this is not my responsibility to take on. This is their emotions, their responsibility, but we make it about us. And that's where learning what boundaries are and learning to set boundaries is so important because then we can differentiate, you know, what is ours, what is other people's responsibility and alleviate ourselves from taking that on. Mm -hmm. And that's such a great definition because, you know, what I'm kind of hearing too is that it's such a, uh, a way to clear your anxiety of not having being anxious about things that are worrying about things that you don't need to be worrying about. Like what a freedom that you can have when you know what that boundary looks like, because it's like, Nope, that's not, that's not something that I am supposed to carry. So, yeah. Right. So you think about that in the context of relationships and, um, I often think of adults that I talk to as children, they had, um, which this is a, you know, marriage and family term, but they had enmeshed boundaries Mm -hmm. in their family. And so say you have a parent that's struggling with emotional regulation. Um, They don't know how to like regulate their emotions. So the child ends up taking on that emotion and they don't know where, the emotions with the parent begins and where it ends. And a lot of times they end up taking on the parent's emotion and there's no differentiation there. And you see that even into adulthood, they're, you know, 22 years old. Okay. And their parents, you know, will become unhinged about something. And all of a sudden they realize that is controlling their life. And so they end up in my, my zoom office, you know, talking about that and, you know, how do you differentiate? Because that's, that's a big thing. We do that so much. We even do that on social media. We'll get on these pages where, you know, people are ranting about things. Next Mm -hmm. thing we know, we're like sucked in there and we're arguing with strangers on the internet. And we're like, you know, people are, um, you know, commenting from all over and we're spending hours in these arguments with people like we don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. And that is so true. And yes, the enmeshed relationship with parents, um, how true that is taking on guilt or feelings that don't need to be dealt with. Yes. Yes. I wanted to go and and I'm so glad you mentioned that example. So our listeners can kind of really understand what that looks like in the context of, especially, you know, a lot of those things are um, relational with parents. Um, But I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to talk about what do healthy boundaries look like in a church and in a ministry setting? Because, you know, you just mentioned family, but when we're looking at a church place and, you know, you also as a minister's wife, as leadership, but just even just in the church in general, because there are certain boundaries that need to be kept. And what do healthy boundaries look like in that instance? Oh, yeah, that's that's really great. Um, 
I had some light bulb um, moments in my life growing up as a pastor's kid and now being a pastor's wife, uh, realized that I struggled a lot with um, expectations of other people more than that. What I thought were expectations of other people assumed were their expectations and taking them on myself. And so I had this, and I'm, I know I'm kind of going a long way to answer this question, but I had a, I had a moment of some moments of freedom when it's almost like I was hiding because I moved away from my hometown and I moved to a church and and took a job there. And um, I was in a, a leadership role but I, I wasn't the pastor's wife and I wasn't the, uh, the pastor's daughter, you know, it was, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was free from so many expectations. And so then when I married my husband and we moved back, um, and, you know, kind of started this transition into pastoring, I started feeling those expectations again, And to be honest with you, I had to take a really hard look at my boundaries. So it was about what are actual expectations of of people and what are expectations that I am perceiving that they have Mm -hmm. and putting on myself. For instance, you know, that you have to be at everything. You have to do everything. You have to show up, smile on your face and just look like everything's perfect. Is there a few people that maybe expected that? Maybe. But for most people, they knew, you know, nobody's perfect. And so for me to put that on myself, I had to realize that, well, you know, we are a young family. We have three young children under five, five and under. And so everything that my husband is at, it's impossible for me to be there. And so, you know, communicating that to other people um, really has been a blessing for me and a blessing for them because they realize that, you know what, um, she's got young babies and they need to go to bed sometimes. And, you know, my husband is at the church sometimes long hours and you know what? I take the kids home and put them in bed and it's a good boundary to set because it's, it would be really unfair for me to expect my children to have to get up and go to preschool with, you know, five hours of sleep and expect them to have to do that, you know, just because I felt, the need to stay at the church all night long. You see what I'm saying? And then also exampling to other people at church that, you know what, it's okay to have healthy boundaries. It's okay if you need rest. It's okay if you are sick and you need to take care of yourself. Like, please do that. Please don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have to come to church and spread your germs on everyone just so you can say that you were there. Like, please don't do that. You know, like stay home and take care of yourself. But I had a moment of having to define what my boundaries were and releasing myself of the expectation that I felt like others were putting on me when really that was probably unfair that was unfair to them and unfair to myself as well. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hearing, I say I'm hearing therapy talk. I'm hearing the underlying thing is guilt. It's just the sure. guilt of just like thinking like I like you said, I have to be everywhere and I have to be all the thing, but and just the guilt of thinking that, but understanding like guilt is not going to um it's not gonna control me. And I I love that you said and mentioned about how you know, if you're sick, you need to stay home. But bigger than that is that I maybe I'm thinking too, I feel like sometimes we feel as Christians, as church members, or even just as ministry that we have to prove that we are uh, Christians because and, and by being at everything and doing everything and showing up physically or, or being at things that maybe we're not feeling well or we're tired because somehow that shows our Christianity or it shows our holiness or it shows us to be like these super spiritual Christians when that is not even the expectation that not even people but God God doesn't even have that expectation for us it's just something that the pressure that we feel that we think that needs to be because sometimes like you said your babies need to go to bed and uh and and that's okay because God understands <laughs> because yes. he understands our limitations, our physical, mental, and emotional limitations. So that's that's a really wonderful point that you mentioned and you make. Well, and I think understanding too, um, my husband has communicated to the congregation uh, of the church many times that that we are, we are not the Christ. We are not Christ. We don't save people. It's God that does the saving. It's God that does the healing. And so when we recognize that we are humans, we are going to make mistakes. Um, we, we need rest. Even Jesus demonstrated that then it becomes the boundaries become more defined. It's when we're pushing this unachievable level of perfection that the lines become really blurred. And it's, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we, are we really depending on God? Like we say we do, or are we depending on ourselves? And that that's why this level of control is just driving us to, you know, I have to achieve this. I have to do this. The church will fall apart without me. The ministry will fall apart without me. Um, that's a little frightening if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, the freedom of thinking like, no, that's not true. Understanding truth um, versus like the lie, the truth versus the yes. lie. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we have a responsibility to demonstrate boundaries you talk about leadership demonstrate healthy boundaries to the people that we're leading um showing them that these things are okay and a balance in life is is okay it's a it's a good thing it's a it's a positive thing um you've probably heard this um or seen this played out so many times that when someone says they're going to set boundaries then all of a sudden it becomes like this, um, like aggressive thing. And mm-hmm. I'm setting up boundaries, no more toxic. And then it's like, you know, everything's uh, like this whole thing. Like, you don't talk to me. Don't call me after this time. Don't, you know, and it's like really like 
just they've all of a sudden decided. So they put up these really, um, you know, hard boundaries and it's like, you know, really um, almost aggressive. And I tell people like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that way. You can be very kind. You can be very caring and communicate your boundaries in a really loving way and realize that sometimes, for instance, in ministry, we do have late nights, for example, mm-hmm. our church is renovating um, our sanctuary and we've had, we had a 10 week timeline and, you know, the last couple of weeks have been very intense. And so there's been some late nights in my Husband has been working a lot more than he normally would. And we realized, hey, it's just a season that we're making some adjustments. But guess what? The renovation is ending literally this weekend. We really hope and pray. And so guess what? Next week, it's okay. Like those boundaries will be back in place. You know, we will have a time of rest and we will return to that and the ebb and flow it's not forever. There's just some busy times where we make adjustments and then, you know, we return back to our routine. Does that make sense? What I'm, what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, and yeah. I, I like that you said too, it doesn't have to be aggressive because I feel like people come at it aggressive because they just had their boundaries, you know, violated in some way or another. And so just, or somebody is just kind of over, you know, overstretched their welcome or something in some way. And so that's when like, the aggressive, the anger comes out. Um, And of course, you can pick that up right away. I know why you're upset. You know, obviously, something has happened to make you feel that way. But just being able to put those boundaries in place, maybe um, beforehand in some way and and do it such a nice way. And I like the fact that you said you can approach it in a very soft manner, instead of it being like, and there will be no phone calls, and you will ever yeah (laughs) yeah knowing that come on like that's not you know that's not real life again that's not you know even those kinds of things have to be there has to be some kind of flexibility because seasons you know like you said they're just their seasons so ebb and flow so that's really good um so I kind of want to go again in a little bit of a different direction and I want to talk about forgiveness because that is a big one and we won't go too dive dive too much into it but I do want to talk about how we can balance forgiving someone while creating uh, healthy boundaries because I think you know there is a different sort of idea that again the perfection of what Christians have to be uh, and look like in in forgiveness but what is your definition or what would you tell people that they can create that? while forgiving somebody. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Sometimes we're shocked when people in the church violate our boundaries and we're just absolutely horrified. And I understand um, it's kind of like they should know better kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that with the church, we're all just a big body of believers and everyone has their different experiences and different backgrounds and people are in different places in their relationship with God. And there's a diversity there of what has happened. And 
So when we, I think it's, it's, it can be tricky because people really use the the Christian thing against you or, Mm -hmm. so, you know, when we've experienced a hurt, when someone has crossed our boundaries and we desire to forgive them and move on, but realize, Hey, you know, maybe that person is not the best person for me. They're not the best influence for me. They're not, you know, they're just not someone I mesh well with. We struggle with that because, um, it was a popular saying. I know when I was like, when I was a kid, it was like, Oh, we're friends with everybody. No, you know, we're not, we're, we're kind to everybody. We're loving to everyone, but we're not close friends with everybody. And so we talk about forgiveness. You can lovingly forgive someone and genuinely pray for them and care for them and just realize that, you know, this person and I are not going to have a super close relationship moving forward. If they go to church with you, you can see how, you know, you might say hi and shake their hand or ask them how they're doing and, and move on with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's completely okay. Mm -hmm. It is okay to realize that someone is just not the best person for your life. And it's okay not to be close friends with everyone, just because it seems like maybe they're the same age as you, or they have a similar you know, maybe lifestyle as you that people think, oh, you should be best friends. Not, not necessarily. And so really setting up that boundary and they may wonder why, you know, why is that boundary there? And hopefully they're the kind of person that you can have an honest conversation with and be like, you know, Hey, this happened. And I feel like there is forgiveness and, you know, we've healed from this. Um, but I, I just find myself in a negative headspace and I want to move forward with this. Or I really think that we would grow more by, you know, maybe just focusing on developing relationships with other people. Is that making sense? What I'm saying? Um, and, and, and having the conversations, I'll be honest with you it's hard to have that kind of conversation. They, they would really have to be an open person to be able to have that conversation, but you can still be really kind and just say, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're, you know, sisters in Christ and we can be friendly and all of that, but, but just being kind to them, but also realizing, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be hanging out with them every weekend. Right. And one of the things that comes to mind is that when trust is broken, um, that can be really hard to restore. And I think also there's this aspect maybe in my life personally that I think about um, when people apologize, but they don't apologize for the thing that they did. So they don't realize the wrong that they've done in your life. And therefore it's kind of hard to trust moving forward because 
when people acknowledge, and, and this is still sometimes when you still have to set a boundary and maybe still keep some distance. But I think especially in that instance where somebody is like, I'm sorry, but they don't say they're sorry for something particular. So it's kind of hard because the likelihood of this boundary or this, you know, area in their life being violated again or hurt being caused again is very likely when there is not an understanding of you know, the pain that they have caused or not even thinking about, well, I didn't do anything wrong. And so, um, yeah, trust. I just think about that when you're and hear you talking about that is like, when that is not there anymore, it's really hard to go back and just act as if nothing has happened. And, and having those kind of like, you know, distancing and loving and forgiving, but understanding that you know, I, I want to make sure that this is not something that occurs again. Right. And I think that deciding the level of access that someone has to you. Um, I see this a lot with um, teenagers. They will open up their hearts and just give full access to, um, and you even see it with like, you know, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, they're just so like, you know, they'll just cry their eyes out, you know, because they told their friend a secret and that friend just tells, and then they go to another friend, they tell their friend all their secrets. And then that friend tells, and it's just, you know, they're so, that's why there's like so much drama, you know, a lot of times with like middle school girls, high school girls. And, you know, some people never quite understand that different people get different access to you. The Bible talks about that we guard our hearts and there's some people in our lives that we can tell everything to. Um, those people are, are few. There's, you know, a, probably a handful of people. Maybe it's just like one or two. Um, for most people that you feel like, Hey, I can just really just tell them everything and it's okay. And then we have a, a, a little bit bigger circle of people that we can tell some things to, but there's things that they don't know. Um, and then we have maybe even a bigger circle of people that we just enjoy hanging out with. We enjoy being around, but those aren't the people that we're going to like bear our souls to, but we enjoy hanging out with them. It's really fun. We have a great time. And, and then there's acquaintances and, and so forth. And I think differentiating that and mm -hmm. understanding, um, and that can be very painful because there is a process of making yourself vulnerable and then getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And our tendency as humans is to, well, then we're just going to shut everyone off because we're not safe and we have to navigate that as well. But understanding what, what access should we give to the people in our lives? And it's okay to have different levels of friends. It's okay to give access to different people. And that just maybe one or two or three people are the ones that really know everything that there is to know. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, there's so that inner circle. And I think about even Jesus and his inner circle. You know, there's only the three. There was the 12, but he only had the three that were there with him in that, in those, some of those moments. And so, yeah, having access to you um, is really kind of one of those things that is not to be given to everybody. So I like the teenage example because that's, that's, that's such a true thing of like, who's in your inner circle and who are you sharing these things to and knowing that there's only so many people, you know, dif the different levels of, uh, the different levels of friendship. Oh man. It went out. Okay, I can cut that out. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. You have to frozen. Okay, that's okay. Okay, so I will go into just asking the next question really quick. Okay. All right. So I wanted to also ask why is it that why is it so hard for Christians to have this balance of forgiveness and creating healthy boundaries and I know you kind of already mentioned a lot of other things but um, can you add to that why specifically it is hard for um, people of our faith to do this yeah I think we feel I think we feel guilty setting boundaries I think we feel like if we do set a boundary, that we're showing that we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And that's just not true. Um, because we feel that um, sometimes that loving people is a love without boundaries. And that's simply not true. And it's not, and it's not biblical. Um, you know, we, the Bible talks about discernment and self-discipline and what love truly is. And so we struggle with setting boundaries. I believe the root cause of that is out of guilt. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely right. Because, okay, if I don't hang out with them and be BFFs with them when before, then that must mean that I'm just unforgiving and I haven't you know, completely gotten over it or in the way that I should you know, that guilt. Um, and so I also wanted to kind of ask, and you've already kind of said some of it, but what is the correct biblical understanding of healthy boundaries? Yeah. So when I was um, quoting that scripture earlier about, um, you know, guarding your heart, guarding your mind, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible talks so much about our minds and um, the seat of our emotions and guarding that. And so if we are to truly have the mind of Christ, then we must have boundaries. We must put those things in place to guard what Christ has put in us so that we're not constantly, um, on this onslaught of, you know, combating negative thoughts and, um, you know, hearing just all of the, the negativity about other people and, you know, constantly struggling with regulating our emotions. Because if we're guarding our hearts in the first place, 
then we're not having to fight so many battles and expend so much energy. Whereas if we would just put these boundaries in place, then we would cut out half of our battles right there. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if we would get off the computer sometimes, if we would step away from some conversations, if we would, you know, really just block out some of the things that we're hearing or even the things that we're speaking sometimes, then we would be able to keep our hearts and our minds in a place where we are really able to receive from God. Because I, you know, the thing about that people always say about noise and about, um, you know, hearing so much and exposing ourselves to so much that we can't even hear the voice of God. It's so true. How many times does the Bible tell us to be quiet and be still? And if we're never resting and we're never um, setting our minds on God so that he can really and truly speak to us, how, how can we hear from him? Yeah, that, that is good stuff. That is really, really good stuff and absolutely spot on. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the practical tips to using healthy boundaries for unhealthy relationships in our life? Because you just explained what a great, and I love, love your explanation about that biblical understanding of healthy boundaries. But what are just some practical things, easy things that people can put into place? Yeah. So, yeah. So here's a, here's a super practical tip. So This is what I call uh, value-based boundaries. So what you do, pull out a piece of paper and write down what your values are. If you don't know, then you can look up uh, online. You can Google like a values list and Mm -hmm. choose. I say choose maybe um, five or six and to start. And choose five or six values that are very important to you. Like, for example, it might be loyalty. It might be um, uh, security, financial stability, uh, whatever it might be. Pick out your values. And when you pick those values out, then you start creating not just your boundaries, but your goals based on those values. And so when you clarify what are the things that have the most meaning for me in life? Then you can create the boundaries that allow you to fulfill those meanings. Because a lot of times we have, we spend a lot of time creating goals or even creating boundaries that don't align with our values. And we expend a lot of energy on, on things that really aren't, our primary focus. And so for instance, if I say that I value healthy relationships, well, then, you know, some of the goals that I have are going to be like improving my listening skills, improving my communication and, uh, you know, being able to communicate during conflict, improving my conflict skills. So then naturally what would fall in place is some of my boundaries. So like if my relationship with my children is important to me, then I would set boundaries of, okay, I've got this time set aside 
to spend with my children. And you see how when you clarify your values, you clarify your goals, then the natural boundaries start falling into place. You're not all of a sudden just trying to like figure out what these boundaries are out of thin air. The boundaries are clarified because then you're like, I've got this time set aside to spend with my kids or to spend with a friend or to spend with my parents. And I'm not going to allow anything except an emergency to Mm -hmm. get in the way of that time. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the sheet thing, the writing stuff down, because that allows people to be those that are visual. I'm a visual learner. So just writing stuff down and just being able to say, okay, this is what I value. So this is what I'm going to have to do or create in my life to make sure that I am um, protecting these values and keeping them safe. And they, what they do is they, your values clarify your nose because we, as humans, there's so many of us, I won't say everyone, cause I know that's not true, but there's so many of us that want to say yes to everything. We just want to say yes. Cause we don't want to miss out on any opportunities. You know, we want to just be able to say yes, because it makes other people so happy. But then when we look at that opportunity or that person asking us to do something and saying, okay, does this align with my values and goals? And we see that it doesn't, well, then we see the boundary that we need to set. We need to set. And, you know, it's, it's a no, like I would love to be involved in this. Unfortunately, I can't right now because I'm focused on these things. Mm -hmm. And that may only be for a season. And so understanding that those kinds of things are going to change. And you mentioned like your kids, your kids are young and that is your focus and that has to be your priority. You know, that's your God-given role. But when those kids are older and they're teenagers and developing their own life and you have the different, you know, more freedom and flexibility, then those goals are going to change a little bit. Those values are going to change, still be very family oriented, but understand that you can allow some other things in your life to also be a priority. Absolutely. And so like, if it's something you have ministry goals and it's, you keep getting these opportunities that are going to stop you from being able to fulfill some of the ministry passions and obligations that you have, then you would look at that opportunity and, and say, you know, I'm just not able to do that because I'm, I'm working in this right now when this is really going to detract from, you know, what I've determined as a value in my life by being able to do this aspect of ministry. And it makes it so much easier to just clarify what do my boundaries need to be. Mm-hmm. Clarifying goals, clarifying boundaries. That's really great. So I have just really enjoyed talking with you. And I feel like you and I could probably talk forever about a million oh, we could. fun things. And so we could. I'm excited. I'm so glad that I've connected with you and I'm so glad that you are able to speak to our podcast listeners today. But in closing, I just wanted to ask if there's any last things that you would want our audience to know about healthy boundaries, about any of the things that we have mentioned during this episode. Yeah. So sometimes people don't even realize, um, I know myself, there's been periods of time where I didn't realize that what I was dealing with was a boundary issue. 
So if you're dealing with a moment and you're feeling really overwhelmed, I think that a good practice is to stop and ask yourself, okay, what's really going on here? Okay. Then you define what's going on. Why am I feeling so overwhelmed? Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling so angry? Whatever the emotion is that you're feeling, ask yourself, why am I feeling that way? And then the next step would be, is this, is this mine to take on or am I picking up extra emotions or feeding off the emotions of other people that are not mine to take on. So what is my part in this? Do you know that when you do that, you start shedding some Mm -hmm. of the load, you start clarifying what it actually is that you need to be focused on because then you're like, Oh, I feel like this person is putting pressure on me, but you know, I think they're just stressed out because They have this situation going on. Okay, so that's one like package off the pile, you know, and then you start kind of thinking, okay, what, you know, they're upset because of this or that, you know, I'm feeling like this because of this. And you start navigating through that and asking yourself questions, you know, and what is my responsibility? What is my role? I can't do anything else about what other people are thinking and feeling. I can only carry this out to the best of my responsibility that the best of, you know, what I'm able to do right now. And that helps us so much alleviate all of the extra things that get piled on us sometimes. And so I really think that's a good rule to clarify, you know, what are my boundaries? Am I taking on other people's responsibilities? You start checking in with yourself, start asking yourself, what's mine? What's Mm -hmm. other people's? And I like writing things down. So, you know, if you're a writer and visuals help you, then start writing it down, start clarifying. And I think you'll really see that you can remove some of those pieces that really feel overwhelming sometimes. Awesome. Awesome. That is some good stuff. Um, Sister Ashley Grizzle, it has been a pleasure. And, but before we end, I just wanted to just remind our, um, our listeners that you do do coaching, you and your husband, um, do offer, um, kind of those kind of services to people. And so just wanted you to kind of just mention that briefly, like what it is that you guys offer to people who are apostolics. Um, I don't know if it's a website, if it's something that you guys, uh, um, um, Facebook page or what it is that you guys do. Sure. Yeah. So we have a website, uh, thegrizzles.org. And then also on uh, my Instagram page at astras812, you can find the link and some information. But we offer leadership coaching, mental health coaching. Um, we do marriage retreats. Um, my husband and I travel around quite a bit and do marriage retreats, uh, things like that. And I always tell people um, that, you know, one of the benefits of mental health coaching is that if you just need clarity, a safe place to talk that, Counseling is like mental floss. 
you might not even feel like, well, I don't need to go to counseling. Like I haven't had anything traumatic happen. But if you feel stuck, if you have some things you need to process and you're just like looking for someone to just help you clarify your goals and make next steps, counseling is such a great option for that. And so you can check out our website, thegirls.org. You can look at our Instagram page. Uh, There's lots of great resources out there that you can use to just give yourself information and even just work on your own to make next steps and, you know, get the right information and education to help you clarify what it is that you're looking for, that you're wanting to do. Um, And so we do offer that and we enjoy doing it so much. So yeah, thegrizzles.org. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your ministry and what you do. And um, I'm glad that you have mentioned this. And I, of course, this is one of the things that I was like, yes, this is another wonderful resource for anybody that is listening. So um, you can um, go to the website and get some information. And uh, so thank you again, Sister Ashley Grizzle. It has just been a pleasure talking to you. And thank you. Or other topics, other subjects that hopefully a different time you can come back on and and all um, the wonderful things that you've said in this podcast. I know there be other other subjects, other topics. So to all of my listeners on the Exchange Podcast with Dr. Lorraine, we are signing off. God bless.